Hello and welcome to The Shovel, a podcast brought to you by Property Leaders Brisbane, an independent and vibrant community open to professionals working in the property and construction industry. The Shovel is a natural extension of the conversations we have at our events where we share and debate ideas and inspire positive change in our city. This season of The Shovel focuses on our theme for 2021, Brazilians. Hello and welcome to The Shovel podcast. My name is Lisa Nixon. I'm Managing Director of BBS Communications Group and a member of the Property Leaders Brisbane Committee. Today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Matt Beasley of Dexas. Matt is leading the exciting Waterfront Brisbane project for Dexas, which will remake the Eagle Street Pier and the Waterfront Place precinct. The project has now received development approval from the Brisbane City Council and if I read the website sales pitch correctly, Matt, it will deliver a global standard business and tourist destination for a part of the Brisbane CBD, I think, that many of us know really well. So welcome to you, Matt. Thanks, Lisa. I'd love to have, be here today. So firstly, I think I'd love you to just take us through what the project is. We probably hear a bit more about uh, another certain city-making project, perhaps currently, than we do about this one. So, you know, give us the, the vital statistics. Thanks, Lisa. Look, I think the best place to start is to sort of step back and, you know, what a really exciting time it is for Brisbane. You know, there are significant projects and precinct-scale developments coming out of the ground across the city, some really exciting infrastructure around transport, you know, bringing and knitting that all together and, you know, those are all being, you know, were started well before we started talking about 2032 and that will really be a catalyst for the city. Waterfront Brisbane is absolutely one of those key precincts for Dexas and is really a city-shaping opportunity that will reinvigorate the sort of key business precinct and, and, you know, key gateway to the city and reconnect it. As you indicated, Eagle Street Pier, built over 30 years ago, it's a great place to go. A lot of our, our residents and workers in the city and still enjoy going to Eagle Street Pier and it's thriving today, but it's certainly in need of a, a bit of an upgrade. So Waterfront Brisbane is, is part of the Dexas development pipeline. We've got $14.6 billion across Australia and, and Waterfront Brisbane is its Brisbane project or key Queensland project. It's going to see a real transformation of that piece of the city into two premium towers, about 120,000 square metres of, of office space but over two towers on a common podium, about 7,500 square metres of retail and reinvigorated retail with Nowdham House and new retail pavilions in front of Waterfront Place, new market hall and riverfront dining and convenience retail offer, uh, but also really importantly a hectare of public realm including a new river walk that's activated and connected, certainly uh, more embellished than it is today and very much an integrated precinct offer that you know, will deliver almost everything on the doorstep that you know, our residents and workers and, and businesses need. It's interesting, isn't it? When I think back, in some ways, Eagle Street Pier was a bit of an expo legacy as well. You know, the timing certainly aligned. One of the things I read in you know, preparing for the interview was a, a note actually on the website about opening up the views from the city to the river that have been lost. So how will that come about? It's interesting you raise that because we call ourselves the River City. We refer to ourselves, uh, ourselves to that a lot. Yet it, travelling down Eagle Street, other than Customs House, we've designed, a lot of the design of the buildings has really turned its back 
on the river and you can't really actually get any direct views down there. And Eagle Street Pier is a good example of that. We all know and enjoy that space, but its connections through to the river and visual connections to the river are limited. The, the precinct and the remaster planning of the precinct really has a strong connection of trying to bring that Mary Street and Creek Street connection as a sort of an access um, or a nexus back onto the river and, and opening up the corridors, visual corridors through, particularly down between the site and Riparian where the driveway is now, where Jade Buddha is. There'll be a 25 metre corridor opened up there where you'll be able to stand on Elizabeth Street and Charlotte Street, sorry, uh, and look down to the river, have new connections down to the river for pedestrians and cyclists. And the same in Mary Street, when you come down New Mary Street Plaza and Lawn and connections down, which we think is a really important part of, you know, it's an opportunity that we shouldn't miss. Now, interesting, again, I did my background snooping and you were a planner initially, so I can tell that this is a bit close to your heart in terms of that public realm and sort of the interface between the the public and the private spaces and I suppose I would I would acknowledge you know you you walk along there you drive along there you really don't see the river that much and it's not particularly obvious at the moment that you can go further than those buildings that there is a space down there that can be used so so where are things up to now we've got construction to start next year yeah so we sort of just Going back a little bit in terms of how we've progressed through. So after securing the facilitation agreement, the land agreement with the state at the end of 19, we moved into the planning phase and we submitted the planning application in in June of 20 and we managed to secure the approval and an associated infrastructure agreement with council almost six months to the day at the end of last year. So COVID hasn't was, been bad at all for you, has No, it? it's, um, <laughs> it's been... It was a busy time. And that really was about, you know, having good working relationships with the the state and council and really being focused on on what we needed to address as part of the application made a big difference. On the back of getting the approvals at the end of last year, we've been busy in design, as you would imagine, and have been focused on both the procurement, so we've been out to tender and then working very hard with the leasing team, sort of talking to customers about committing to the project. Our current program has us commencing the middle of next year and it's a sort of four and a half to five year delivery program which would see the river walk being reopened in 24 and the first tower completed in 2026. And just cite the first tower for me so based two, on current layout. Yeah, so the, the podium uh, has two towers on top of it. There's the north tower which is directly adjacent to Ride Parian and a south tower directly adjacent to Waterfront. So the first phase of the project delivers all the basement, all the river walk, all the public realm, the podium and the retail and the first tower and also brings the foundations up of the second tower. So really when we come to that second tower, it's about building that off the top of the podium, not going back into the ground, which gives us a lot of flexibility and obviously minimises disruption when we bring that forward. Mm, to be a nice quick build then second time round. That's the plan. So just... Talk to me about the public realm piece and I, you know, recall when it was first mooted, the project, there's, you know, road closures and sort of a lot of reconfiguration in that in that zone. What will it look like and what will it what should it feel like once it is brought to life? Yeah, if we look at some of the challenges that are there today, I mean, as we know, Eagle Street is not really an, a, a business address at the moment. It's the back of the building. 
Um, it doesn't have a lot of strong connections through to the river. The public areas really are outside Nowdham, Nowdham House and Waterfront Place. And combined with, you know, we've got 300 metres of waterfront and yet everyone knows the challenges of the current river walk itself uh, in terms of its widths and, and, and conflicts. So in, in terms of reimagining and the design philosophy that we were looking at was, again, how do we reconnect the city grid to the river? It was originally one of the, the key parts of the city where the city road network actually went on to the river and that's why obviously the wharves and things were there. Um, so that was a big driver. So trying to take a sort of a strong connection down Mary Street and creating a pl public plaza and, and lawn and river connection at that space and then taking a desire line down Creek Street and bringing that together to create a real meeting place, opening up that connection, as I mentioned before, down between Riparian and Riverside, down the current driveway, which you can't look into the loading docks and the car park and actually creating a new vista down to the water itself, you know, really reinforcing that connection, we'll be able to create an environment that delivers about a hectare of public realm. And that's everything from widening of the Eagle Street footpath to create actually a street address and a business address with two entries into the, into the podium and connections through at ground level and also connections down to the Riverwalk itself. You know, the Riverwalk will be a new 300-metre promenade yeah, with a minimum six metre wide shared path for pedestrians and cyclists, but going out to about 15 metres wide, new retail, new areas to sit and dwell. Um, there's commercial wharves, there's a proposed connection to a new city cat terminal uh, that's been considered by council. So really it's about introducing greenery, shade, places to sit, escape from the buildings, spend time at lunchtime there, but also be a space where we can activate it and hold events, maybe a live site for 2032. Okay. <laughs> um, so really changing the character of, you know, probably capitalising on our subtropical environment, which we all, all know and love here mm. in Queensland and making sure it's a space where people can enjoy it and thrive there. And the shade will be particularly important. I mean, you know, there's been other precincts around the place that have been criticised for lack of shade. Do you see that as being uh, sort of natural or organic shade or it'll be structures? It'll be a combination of both. The orientation of the site, having a southeasterly aspect, is fantastic. So it really captures that morning morning sun, but it also allows us just the structures of the building to avoid that really harsh westerly sun as, uh, in the afternoon. So there's a combination of both getting the awnings right on the buildings, but then particularly around the Mary Street Plaza and, and lawn area, really trying to go for more shade trees uh, and things that provide that more natural shade and cooling environment is really that balance that we're trying to mm. achieve. I mean, apart from the shade benefit, you can see how that area of the city would benefit from greening as much as, as, much as anything. So with regards to, I guess, my question about how will it feel, are we talking about a feel like Howard Smith Wharves or are we talking about a feel like Barangaroo, for example? Uh, it's a bit of a balance. Every site needs to be taken into account its sort of environment. Howard Smith Wharves has got a fantastic location with the cliffs and the directly onto the river low-scale buildings. We're a different sort of environment. We're talking of you know, a common podium, low-rise tenancies with the retail pavilions and restaurants providing that sort of ground-scale environment. But then the buildings are 52 storeys for the first tower and the second tower is not uh, that much shorter. So they're, they're quite sizable sort of footprints 
that will provide a sort of a unique environment. We've included terraces in the buildings, a level three river terrace, providing that sort of semi-private space and wellness facilities for the tower and then layering that down to the ground plane. So people have a choice of environments that they'll move through, whether it's going along the river walk or coming back up through the site, travelling down from the new Albert Street, Cross River Rail station. You know, so it will really be a more inviting business address, mm. but also in a place where people can stop as they're passing through as well and dwell. Um, so it's not just for workers. You know, we think that's probably the primary audience during the week, but certainly will be a space on weekends and after hours. And your activation strategy will probably be critical to making that work and bringing people back. I'm sadly old enough to remember the days of the Riverside Markets, you know, probably Brisbane's first market, and the the value that had really in those days of attracting people to that part of the city, which doesn't get perhaps as much love as it, you know, could do. So this, I can see how this would be a terrific um, initiative in that regard. Uh, in terms of you know, how this idea came about. You know, you don't wake up one morning and go, I'll tell you what, let's do this. What was, was there a, a seed? Was there, what was, you know, what was the beginning of the thought process for Dexas doing this? Because, it, you know, it hasn't been easy. It was never going to be easy. So it, it was never going to be something where you thought, oh, this is great, we'll, you know, bang this up and this will be great for business. It's, it's challenging. How did it start? Yeah, it's certainly been challenging. It's been a five-year journey for me. But if I look at the strategy of why Dexas has pursued the opportunity, you know, our, we have a leading cities, you know, a city-shaping sort of strategy, you know, unlocking value out of our assets. And with the land ownership that, that Dexas and, and the fund partners has acquired, it really provided the opportunity to initially look at that precinct-scale um, solution. The initial proposals looked at bringing together Waterfront Place, Eagle Street Pier and Ten Eagle, Gold Tower, and trying to close part of Eagle Street to create already a more mixed-use precinct. And we had residential and hotel and, and commercial in there. And that was a pretty challenging proposition of, of closing a key piece of the city road network. And we worked through that with state and council. And I have to say that was quite an open-minded by all parties. Um, it was a shame we couldn't quite get there in the end. It is a pretty key piece of the, the city network and we move forward into the current scheme of converting part of the long-term leasehold to facilitate the two towers and really focusing on how do we get that connection back to the, the river. It was co-timed with the City Council bringing forward the City Reach Master Plan which really looked at how do they reactivate that as a sort of a key piece of the city, the Kangaroo Point Bridge, which they've committed to now, all sort of fell into place, Cross River Rail with their Albert Street Station and that connection between Queen's Wharf down to Waterfront, all sort of provided really strong foundation principles behind why it was a good opportunity to pursue. And, you know, to be fair, working for a business that is, you know, likes to deliver high-quality assets. Um, we've got other projects around Australia, such as Atlassian and Central Sydney, that really do shape cities and talk to what the city is trying to do. So very much we see ourselves aligned as not only what the city and the state are trying to do, but our, our business is trying to do in terms of being part of that. And as we talked about before, the general transformation of Brisbane 
you know, it's going to be an amazing place and is an amazing place. It's remarkable, isn't over it? Over the next 10 years. It, I, I think it's probably the most exciting decade that, that we've had as a Brisbane girl born and, born and bred. I might just jump then to the Olympics. Clearly, you know, you've got to have that in mind in terms of the opportunities for this project. Have you made any adjustments based on now knowing that, you know, it's ours? I think it reinforced some of our, our thinking and we particularly around the public realm, we, we have made some uh, some changes around looking at how we can accommodate more events and activations, the change in Mary Street Plaza from a more formal space to have a bit more of a structure to facilitate uh, events in the lawn, lawn area down onto the river itself. But overall, we were still pretty much delivering what we had committed to prior to that decision being made, but certainly it does reinforce, again, probably the economics and the drivers for the long-term uh, strategic outcomes for the city. Do you think it'll help you with, you know, financing or leasing or partnerships? Do you think, you know, I mean, I know it's really early days, but has the announcement had any positive impact even in that short time for you? Oh, there's certainly been questions that are coming through from our funding partners and things about what does it mean and, and we've seen examples of that. I was fortunate enough to be in London for 2012 and be part of the both the, the games in terms of the Athletes Village but then also a lot of the post-games legacy work which was really exciting. So seeing what that can actually be a catalyst for I think we're in a really good position as we've got lots of key baseline projects running forward now and it's really about how do some of these precincts come forward and sort of provide that sort of, I suppose, platform to keep growing on the back of it. I mean, I think the legacy is actually happening pre-Olympics. This might just be post because it's a long way out to 2032. Well, it is and it isn't though, isn't it? You know, 10 years goes by in a heartbeat. And I suppose, look, my interest in the conversation around the Olympics personally is how do we get the city, the, the citizens of the city, to understand the benefits that it will bring? You know, I think there's my personal opinion again. I think there's been a history of criticism of big events because of the yes they take money they take time they maybe are they a distraction from other things and you know I have a view that personally they're brilliant for cities they certainly make the brand but they bring a lot of other less obvious things that the citizenry benefit from so even something like this talking about jobs and the public realm and how it will interface will be you know great to have a conversation about that so people can understand you know even the role that the olympic olympics is have in helping to propel this forward and it's a benefit for us as locals for you know well beyond Mm. that time frame so it's great to hear you talking about the connection of that dexas wants this project why does Brisbane need it? You've talked about the access to the river, the connectivity, you know, why here in this spot? Why do it at all? What's the driving vision for Brisbane that's brought you to this point? Yeah. I think as you know, if you look at the future of Brisbane and the focus to be a new world city and have you know, world's best amenities, we've got the connections, we've got the infrastructure coming forward, we need to make sure we have the right workplaces to for businesses and, and their customers to thrive in in their everyday 
business themselves. So as part of that, if you look at all the premium towers, you know, by the time we've finished, a lot of those are well and truly, you know, 20, 30 plus years old. So how we are able to facilitate a development that also adapts to the changing nature of the workplace, you know, in a post-COVID world, but also providing an environment that really allows business to be flexible. You know, we see what COVID has done is actually accelerated existing trends. It hasn't created new trends. So it's more about how we can work with those customers and Waterfront Brisbane provides that opportunity with its delivery timeframe. Yeah, we're having some really good discussion with customers about how that's evolving and how this can accommodate. You would be right in the thick of those discussions. I mean, I only need to look at how businesses are changing their space requirements and even beyond the space, what they do with the space. So, you know, crystal ball would be handy for you, I guess, in terms of predicting what your design needs to reflect to meet the needs of that market in the future. Yeah, we're keeping the the base design of our building is is quite flexible. You know, we're still designing to one is one is eight density, because these are this is a project for long term. You know, Dexas is a long term owner of assets. Uh, we're not just here to get an approval and and flip buildings. So, designing in the ability to adapt to the customers' needs, we don't think there's going to be an overall downsizing because people are going to want more collaboration space. It is probably more about providing that precinct solution and having the everyday needs on the doorstep and you know, enhancing the world, health, wellbeing and hygiene offer, the technology around being connected, but doing that in a way in a location in our city where you can then you know, access the Botanic Gardens in three minutes, go for a bridge run with our new bridges and connections around the city, be well connected on the bike network, have choices in terms of how you do get to and from work and then have a really inviting environment that makes it exciting to come to work. Because I think one of the challenges moving forward is not about attracting and retaining talent. Whilst that's always going to be a challenge, it's actually about getting them back into the office. So if you create an environment that's giving them everything they need during the day, you're giving them the best opportunity to provide an environment where people will want to come and collaborate. So that's really a lot of our focus for Waterfront. Mm. And, I mean, certainly getting people who are currently here back into the office, you know, is proving to be a bit of a challenge for many, you can see it. But I think the other thing that's a value here, again, an observation, some of the work that we do in terms of positioning projects and precincts and activities for other places in Australia, you know, how do you move businesses, whether it's headquarters or otherwise, you know, how do you move academia, how do you move science? It's, you know, Brisbane's shining star is the lifestyle and this to me would seem to be another you know, another string to that to that bow, so... Oh, I agree, mm. I agree. I, I think we have a natural advantage of our, you know, fantastic subtropical environment, the willingness and desire for people to be inside and outside. We've done fantastically well through COVID in terms of getting people back into the office. I think that will be an ongoing challenge and I think there will be some shift in work from home, but, you know, I know the people I engage with and things inherently they love the engagement mm. of being around we're all people exactly you know, like, social uh, creatures so you know more and more you see the Friday lunch coming back in and because I think people do want to engage mm. and there, I think there's a place for work from home and and I think we'll see a bit of a shift in focus work but certainly you know the the ability to provide great environments for people to collaborate 
I think is going to be a key thing going forward. But every business is different. That's probably the other thing. It's not just a generic one-size-fits-all. It's really got to be tailored to the customer and every customer is going to be slightly different. Indeed. So, Matt, there's quite a bit of public infrastructure work in this project and undoubtedly that's um, put some pressure on the finances. I'd be interested to know how you structure the funding to be able to bring a lot of those things to market with this project? Yeah, as, as you know, there are a number of projects in, in the city and they all have different structures, whether they're publicly funded, part publicly funded or private sector funded. Waterfront is a sort of, is led by Dexis and its funding partners. Um, in terms of the public realm, you know, Dexis will be responsible for managing and maintaining uh, those areas. Uh, in terms of the Riverwalk in particular, Council and Dexis have entered into an infrastructure agreement around the delivery of the trunk component, which is the six-metre uh, Riverwalk, that Council will be reimbursing that through the infrastructure charges and, and agreement. But otherwise, Dexis will be sort of funding the balance of the project. But it makes sense to do the river river walk piece construction wise while you're doing the other. Oh, so you absolutely, can see how it makes it, sense. it's and it's a great way. And a part of getting that certainty is you know where council support uh, for the project is coming from. And the commitments there clearly council's on board, and you've got the the machine in the the big the big towers, you know the letable space to generate you know the income to help you support the rest, which is you know terrific. And that's the payback I think that sometimes people don't see for these big. Projects, you know, there's a lot happening on the ground that probably wouldn't happen if if you weren't stumping up the the cash. Frankly, yeah, it's you've got a mix of projects across the city that are all you know, these major projects all have slightly different ownership structures and funding structures. Obviously, Waterfront's a key one that's a really a private sector led opportunity. Indeed. So, what's your hope for the future of Brisbane, and then we'll bring it to a close. Oh, I'm very excited about Brisbane. You know, we've got two young girls who are at school here. We've had the opportunity, been fortunate to have the opportunity to live overseas and, and see other parts of the world. But I, I think we've got the best of best of everything at the moment. Our climate, we've got a really exciting industry in terms of major projects going forward. I think the 2032 Olympics has really provided a catalyst for us to probably look over the hill and, and work out what's next. You know, I think if we just keep focused on the projects that are in front of us today, we're really missing the opportunity. I, you know, I would hope that you know, the industry, council, government really take the opportunity to look at what are we going to need in, by 2050 and use this as a real opportunity to get those plans in place and sort of push that forward, but at the same time protecting the fantastic lifestyle that we have and really enjoy today. So I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm the glass half full. <laughs> and you know, I think we're very lucky to be where we are. So just finally, with the crystal ball, you know, we've got Queen's Wharf, we've got Waterfront Brisbane coming, we've got the Roma Street precinct, you know, coming with Cross River Rail. What's next? It's a very good question. Unfair question without notice, I realise. That's all right. (laughs) as As a city, I think we need to look at how we use the river a little bit more effectively. The infrastructure there to provide more connections, I think, is really important. I do think as a city we need to build on the fantastic network that the city and state have developed around the cycle and active transport because I think that allows us to really celebrate what uh, Brisbane's about. Probably we're into the world of you know high-speed, more regional connections is really important and connections for freight and things to get 
that mm. off the road. Congestion's always going to be a, uh, a challenge. And it's probably being brave. I mean, work out what, what is Cross River Rail 2, what's mm-hmm. Metro 3, 4, 5, and, and how do we actually start thinking about more bridges? I, th- I think, you know, the commitment of the Kangaroo Point Bridge is a really important one, providing that connection. There's so many other parts of this city that could, you know, be enhanced through more bridges. They are expensive, but I do think it is a, a big part of our city and, and we've got to look ahead and if we can get some of those at least in planning, then we've got a chance to sort of see that evolve and, and celebrate the lifestyle that we do live today. Mm, and, I mean, the four-year political cycle is often criticised for stymieing things, but all of those projects you've mentioned have straddled four-year election cycles, so it can it can be done regardless of your colour or persuasion. So uh, I'm with you. Let's think big and be brave and, you know, stretch our thinking forward. Thanks, Matt. That's been a terrific conversation and I wish you well with with the project It'll be very exciting I'll be able to see it all coming out of the ground from my window so thank you again and uh, that's a close on this episode of The Shovel. Thanks again Lisa. The Shovel is a podcast for Property Leaders Brisbane and is kindly recorded and produced by BBS Communications Group. If you've enjoyed The Shovel please subscribe, review and share to help spread the word. Music